This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Do you need a little extra spiritual advice in your life? Keen has got you. Keen provides access to vetted psychics and spiritual advisors who provide guidance and insight on life's challenges, clarity and love, relationship, career, and anything else that you can think of. Keen is also one of the most affordable ways to get an instant psychic reading by a professional at any time, literally 24 7. I'm going to have a special code in just a moment, so stick around. It's at trykeen.com. As a new Keen customer, you'll get your first 10 minutes for just $1.99. Then pricing depends on which advisor you choose, and there are some amazing ones that you can browse and search by keyword. It's an affordable way to meet new advisors, and you can even develop an ongoing relationship with monthly benefits. Simply go to trykeen.com slash Amy Edwards and use that link to get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. Again, that's trykeen, K-E-E-N dot com slash Amy Edwards. Welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. We have a badass guest today. You are going to feel so inspired and so ready to share your story and get vulnerable. It's Shandy Nichelle. She has started a company called Freewell. She makes a hair product called Power Gloss that's gorgeous. It is organic, sustainable. And in her company, she employs women that are survivors of sexual assault. It's so incredible. And she's working hard to help trafficking victims. She gives a percentage of all her sales to support survivors of human trafficking and help them get back on their feet. She is driven by this purpose because of her own sexual assault. And she is open about it, candid about it, and talks about her healing and the sobriety that came with it too, because she developed alcoholism after this. And she, I love how open she is about her own recovery and rebuilding her life. You are going to be so inspired by this story. I really was. And toward the end, she says some things that really brought tears to my eyes. One of the things in particular that she says is that God doesn't call the qualified, God qualifies the called. So if you are feeling like I have these things in my life, I don't know how to implement them. I don't know my purpose. You just feel a little at sea sometimes. It's okay. This story is going to help you feel like, well, one of the things she says is maybe fuck your purpose and just be purposeful right now and trust, you know, that you are going to be qualified in your calling, whatever that may be. I am so excited to share this today. She is an absolute inspiration. She is stunningly beautiful. Her hair is really shiny too. So I'm excited to use the product because she sent me some and I haven't used it yet. So I'll get back to you on that. But, um, but anyway, she did start this business after being a hairdresser for many years and seeing a need, but then finally her pieces fit together of her purpose. So I'm so stoked to share this today. So you can learn more at livefreewell.com or on Instagram at livefreewell.co. And so I am so excited to share this. Stick around for the end. And don't forget to like, rate, subscribe. I just, (laughs) I almost said survive. Don't forget to do that too. 
do more than that, thrive. But anyway, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. If you think of anybody during this, that is the universe planting that little seed. That's your intuition saying they're going to get something out of this. And I know I got a lot out of it. So also, if you can help the show grow just by leaving a review, it's that simple. Takes like one minute. If that, just hit five stars. That takes like two seconds. So we are greatly appreciative here. Thanks to everybody at Hot Pie. And thank you to Shandy Nichelle. I'm so excited to share her story today and that you are here. So let's get to the episode today. I'm going to take a breath. I've been, I don't know. I feel like I've been rushing a little bit today. Have you? Are we recording? Yeah. Yes. Good. I feel like, I feel like. Get a little been, closer. I feel like it's been a good, a good morning. It has been a good morning. What's yeah. your morning routine like? Oh man. Um, ideally, if I can, I like to get up at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. make coffee, go back to bed, read. Nice. Meditate if I can, which is pretty rare. I'm more of a night meditator, honestly. Really? Yeah. How long have you been meditating? Oh, man. You want to love this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that smell. I know. It smells so good. It smells like wild heart yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I love wild heart yoga. love Mary Beth. Me too. Um, so you're a night meditator. Well, I do it to kind of fall asleep, but mm-hmm. I swear that like I do the insight timer and I pick courses on there. Oh yeah. But I swear, like I only hear it the first few minutes, but I wake up just different the next day. It's creeping into your subconscious. It is. Is what it's doing. It totally yeah. is. And I mm-hmm. love it because I don't have to actually do anything. I just yeah. go to sleep. You don't. That's, yeah. And that's so good because really for me, one of the hardest things has been like at night, I'll ruminate, you know, mm-hmm. and just think of things I could have done better and all that kind of stuff or beat myself up about things and yeah. make little ruts in my brain where that's where it wants to go. So yeah. that's a yeah. perfect time because you're in those like what theta waves or delta waves or something. Yeah. 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 I think there's something to it. I for sure do too. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. welcome. I'm Thank so glad you. that you could come today. Thank you and for having me. You are so welcome. It was recommended and, and I, you know, looked into everything about you. And once you wrote what you're about too, which is, you know, the journey of sobriety, healing mm-hmm. yourself, which those all go together yeah. and, you know, sexual assault. So I don't know a lot of the details of your story. So I'm hoping that you can share those today yeah. because I think it's very inspirational. I don't think it is very inspirational to anyone that's looking to rebuild their life and yeah. take control of their life. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And like, one of the things is, is like, originally I had a really hard time, um, I mean, it's not something that most people choose to be public about, but I think I just felt that calling. And in all honesty, like, I wish there would have been somebody that I could have seen, you know, that absolutely I could relate to. Mm-hmm. And so if anything, like, I hope that there's somebody out there, even just one person who's like, oh, my God, like, I get that. I've been through that. And, you know, because I never knew that there was another side to to that, like yeah. to have like a completely a dichotomy of life in general. Absolutely. Well, so what happened? So, um, I was, um, like very like outgoing kid. Um, I was always like, where'd the, you grow up? I grew up, I'm actually an air force brat. So I grew up. Oh, so you're in your flight suit today. I am in my flight like, suit that's today. Perfect. <laughs> I had my like, <laughs> I had my like 1970s cop aviator glasses on too. That Even better. I'm you're in like love top with. gun. Yeah. <laughs> I secretly want to be a Navy SEAL. So I try any opportunity <laughs> to at least dress like one. So, um, yeah. So I was always like a really outgoing kid, 
always a ringleader. You know, like they say, if you take a bossy little girl, she'll grow up to be a CEO. Well, that was <laughs> that was totally me. And um, I have a really big extended family, and so we were all at my great grandparents' house, and all my cousins and uncles, and and you know, and I come from like backwoods country. You know, like my. Dad grew up in a trailer, you know, my mom, I always joke, I'm like half hillbilly, half redneck, you know, so, <laughs> um, so we're, we're there and I'm playing with all my cousins and, um, there's, um, like an older, older kids there. Well, the, he's like, he was in his twenties and I'm, wow. yeah, I'm, I have a girl cousin who's a year older than me and one that's a year younger than me. And you were how old? I was seven. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're all out there playing and, um, his name was Joe. Mm-hmm. And um, he picks me out of the crowd. He's like, hey, come with me, you know, into the woods. And I felt special. I felt like, oh, like I'm the pretty I got one. chosen by the yeah. I got chosen uh-huh. by this person. And um, he took me into the woods. And I have always had very distinct memories. I knew what I was wearing, like everything of um, like, you know, like I had like definitely like molestation memories of that. And then it's always kind of bothered me because I never really knew what happened like the next day. And then I just kind of go and live life. Right. And like, um, I don't know. I, I think right around like middle school is when I really started to be like, huh, like that wasn't okay. And I grew up in a very like Christian household. And so finally, and I had already like, you know, like started gaining weight around that time. I think that a lot of sexual assault survivors go through like this, like, I want to be seen and not seen all at the same time. Yeah. And you kind of put on your, your weight suit, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit. And, you know, there was like things that I was like going through that now in hindsight, make a lot of sense, you know, like an eating disorder or things like that. Anything that you feel like you have control over when someone takes that all away from you, you know? And so I remember sitting down and telling my parents and you know, now, I mean, I've done so much work through the program with this, you know, mm-hmm. um, with AA and all of that, that, you know, my parents had their version of the story and then I had my version of the story and um, came out to be that I didn't have the words to verbalize what had happened to me. And so my parents thought it was just an attempt. And so because I couldn't physically tell my dad, you know, this guy like fingered me or whatever, yeah. you know, that I had this memory of. And so, and then also you're in middle school, like that's shameful and, you know, and Mm -hmm. so anyways, um, fast forward, um, I'm 18 years old, just moved to Austin, Texas. And, um, I, my grandmother who like, this is like the last thing that she, uh, the last day I spent with her, she wrote, I love you on a night, but as a tattoo on my hand. And I was, that's so weird. I looked at it and I was like, I wonder what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's just kind of like, always. she was the most giving, like loving person. She was a lesbian, came out like way later in life. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For her. And she just always taught me to like, just you treat every single person with kindness. And, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, I'm sitting on the couch with her and I share with her about like what had happened. And she goes, well, sweetheart, you know, like what happened to him? Right. And I go, no. And she goes, well, he's on death row for rape and murder. Oh, my God. And right around that time, I come to Austin and I'm in like the party scene and, you know, just Mm -hmm. like, again, hindsight, right? You don't realize like how much that affects you, you know, like sexual assault. Yeah. And at uh, least I hear that so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, I've always been a very ambitious person. So I built my hair business. I like, you know, um, kind of I grew it all. And then right around um, 30 years old, um, I kind of started taking the time to actually like sit and think about that mm-hmm. and um, kind of look at the sexual assault and kind of, um, you know, look at like digging deeper into it. And I am also the daughter of my mom was raped uh, twice and molested at six years old. My grandmother was, my aunt was like. And are they open about that? Um, or did it come out after you talked about it? My mom's always been open about it, but through the years I've heard more and more of the story. I mean, yeah. it's heartbreaking. And, you know, and her and I. Um, That's amazing that she's been open about it. To, yeah, like, to, to me, to me. Um, but we kind of butted heads about it because I had a very different approach than she did. Yeah. You know, and. Oh, for sure. I can imagine, too. Just just like when you're born affects, yeah. is going to affect that, too. Yeah. My mom's mom um, wasn't a very present mother and chose the guy who molested her over her. And, yeah. you know, and so, so like, that's the other grandmother. then. Yes. Yeah. Not this one. Yeah. yeah. And she um, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing all this, but um but my mom, you know, was of the era of like, you put your head down and you move on. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a Me Too movement in my mom's time. No, you know? there wasn't. Mm-mm. And through my own journey, like like I said, my mom and I, like, she's so proud of me now and it's brought us so close. And like, I have a different bond with my mom now where it's almost like we have the same war wounds a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, and. Um, well, so many people don't. Just an aside, so many people won't open up enough to be vulnerable about that, yeah. you know, and to talk about that when they do have the same wounds, yeah, you know, and facing that is really tough to do, but how valuable that you guys have that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Amy, it's like every time I go and do like a, an event for a free well or something like that, you know, it's like I share my story and I, every time there's a woman that comes up to me and I swear I'm the first person she's ever told. I, I believe it. And I'm just like gosh, like, you know, to live with that, yeah. you know? So, I mean, as long as we're telling this stuff, I'm sitting here thinking about, so my family's mostly passed away. Like my mom's oh, gone. Wow. My dad's gone. My grandmother's, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Um, they had me older and they were older. So, uh, but my mom like told me in college that she was sexually assaulted and wow. she was telling me about that. And so when she died, I say to my dad and my sister, I'm like, well, you know, since she was sexually assaulted and they had no idea. And and then I felt like, did I make that up? Did I dream it or whatever? Right. And so it was just like, even just saying it now, I mean, I don't think I've said it on this podcast. Is it mine to say? I don't know. She's dead. Does she care? Probably not. So, um, you know, but she shared that with me and I didn't really know how to handle it at the time, but I was glad that she did, but it was just strange because it's not something that people are open about, especially older generations. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And like, I mean, I don't know why I feel open. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just like, I don't know. The more you do it, the easier it gets for one thing. So you've already done it. You know, this isn't your first time. So I think that that makes a difference. Yeah. But just like the fact that you can recognize, I think I didn't have anybody that was open. Can I just take this step? And not make it about me. Yeah. Just make it about somebody else. Like, can oh, I yeah. help someone with that story? Oh, Some but that other little girl. That took a long time because it was about me for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like the resentment, you know, and everything. So, you know, I start looking at it at 30. Yeah. And then. How old um, are you now? 36. Okay. Yeah. And then I started. Lo- that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started looking at it around 30. Never was like, never really drank. I remember I'd have like bottles of wine in my house and I would never drink it. And people would say. 
oh, yeah, go home and have a glass of wine. I was like, why would you do that? Like, I don't understand. Until I did. And <laughs> right, Until right, I did. right when I started to look at that sexual assault, I had um, a solution and I had a way to numb it. Now, again, in hindsight, there's so much hindsight, you know, like having compassion for yourself. And, you know, during that time, I think you did a post yesterday about that. And I was like, God, that's like exactly a what grace, I'm, giving yourself grace, giving yeah, yourself grace. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it really was like I, I would kind of sit down. I would I would do hair all day. Like I was like in the salon, you know, four or five days a week, 12 hours a day, like at the top of my game. And then at night when I would stop, something was coming up and I didn't want to feel it. And I didn't realize it then. Um, And so I would go and get a bottle of wine and I would drink and to numb myself. We all have our coping strategies. A hundred percent. And that went on for years. And I just remember really struggling because um, I didn't really fall into like the typical alcoholic category. You know, I was like, you're just going through a hard time. And like some people drinking a bottle of wine every night's normal, you know, and I wasn't a so big. So they say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like I had friends who were like, that's mm-hmm. not crazy, you know, but I knew deep down that like I, c- I was struggling, like I couldn't go more than four days, you know, mm-hmm. and to feel so powerless, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that Which you are. Yeah. I mean, would you? Yeah. We know. And that went on for for years. Wow. And I don't even know how I how I did it, you know, and. Yeah, because the, the next day is hard. <laughs> But you get used to it. I was like, I love, yeah, yeah. I love um, not like waking up hungover. Like, you know, I know it's really. Glorious. I'll go out with friends, you know, and like, like the first, you know, you know, fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh man, having a drink would be like so nice. But then an hour later, like, I'm like, I'm gonna go home and go to bed mm-hmm. and wake up and feel amazing and, and sleep like, well I and mean, sleep well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's like I don't ever regret. Sobriety is the best decision I've ever made in my life. Well, so what happened? What was it? Was there a catalyst or was it just one day you were like, I can't anymore? Honestly, like I went to an AA meeting like two years before that, I think. And um, and I was like, these people are crazy. Like, I don't know. Like, I just was not ready. Like, I didn't hear anything, you know, like and um. And I was going through a lot of like career changes at the same time, you know, just like being in the beauty industry, like, you know, I'm a, I'm not a girly girl. Like I look like one, but I'm a tomboy inside and, you know, and I was really conflicted in the beauty industry and like, I don't want to, you know, I didn't want to, I was, I felt like I was like two different people. Mm-hmm. I was like this career version of myself. And then there was like this real me that I'd feel like I couldn't be because of my job and, and things like that. So all this was kind of going on at once. And then towards the end, um, uh, the last year I was drinking, it was like, the anger came out and that was like being so angry at the fact that I was right. Well, I, okay. So towards the end, I remember like closing my eyes and going back to that day. And I, I always had eye contact issues with men in particular. Like it just, it literally felt before that or just after that before this, before, before now, like, yeah. So like, I would always like, I couldn't look men in the eyes. Like I had, I mean, after the incident, like before yeah. the incident, after, after, the incident after the incident, my incident. whole life. Yeah. I would like, I had horrible eye contact yeah. with men and it, cause it felt very vulnerable. It felt very like I was being naked. Like it felt like exposed. And so anyway, so I remember going back to that day cause I was starting to research human trafficking a little bit at this time. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to like, I guess like 
if something like that happens, some people push it away, but I was like digging deeper. I, I wanted to be like the the vengeance, you know, all the anger that I had. I was like, I'm going to the Middle East and I'm rescuing every woman out there. And like, you it was know. like a way to save others before you save yourself. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Actually, there's a song about that, that my ex-fiance said, this song's you. And I'm like, that's exactly what it was. Um, but wow. it was so funny. So like, I, yeah, I was angry and like, I was like obsessed with like Harriet Tubman and like all this stuff, you know, like, and, um, anyway, so, um, women saving others. Yeah. yeah. And I remember like, deciding to go back to that night in my mind. And I remember making eye contact with him. Like that was why he picked me. I remember looking him in the eye. And in that moment, all of a sudden I got this rush of like something else is here that I've blocked. And around that time I had several girlfriends who had gotten EMDR trauma therapy. Mm -hmm. Powerful stuff. Yeah. And I swear the universe conspires. Like, and so I was like, it was during COVID I wasn't working doing hair. I had cut my career in half to pursue a startup that I was working on. Yes. And so I was very much paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Then I wasn't working. Right. And so I was like, I don't know what this EMDR thing is, but I'm taking every last penny I have and I'm going to do it. Even if I get one session. Well, at the time I was living with one of my girlfriends and her company pays for mental health services for anybody in the household. Wow. I ended up getting eight sessions through her company and ah, I'm going to write them a letter. Care credit. Sessions. Care credit. Wow. Did that for me. Yeah. And um anyway, so I started EMDR therapy. Um and I thought that if I fixed the problem, the drinking would stop. I never thought that if I quit the drinking it would solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And um and so right around that time um I was really struggling and I also was like I had a lot of pride. Like, I was like, I'm a business owner. Like, I can't like, no one can know. I can't admit that I'm struggling with alcohol. Like, I was like, my pride was like running the show. And then I literally watched this episode. I was Googling all these celebrities that had come out, you know, and like everything. And thank God they did because I watched this interview with Oprah with Elton John and Elton John was sitting on her couch and he's like, you know, like I had sold millions of records. I have platinum albums all over my walls, you know, and all this stuff. He's like, why can't I solve this one problem? And he goes, my pride was going to kill me. And that's when I was like, that's me. Like, I'm so fucking worried about what other people think that I'm willing to go down with that ship. Mm -hmm. That's all pride is, right? Yeah. 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 And then I saw, I had a friend come in. I I had a a new client come in. It was a sister of one of my other clients. And she's this like badass, like PhD therapist. And, you know, and she... um. And uh, she's in her 50s and like tatted up and super smart and beautiful. And she had a necklace on. And I said, hey, that's a really cool necklace. And she goes, yeah, it's my sobriety date. And that was my gateway. And um, seeing a woman who is smart and educated and, you know, successful, like sharing that with me was what got me in the door. And then I started ever since. And, you know, and then all the work really began. So you stopped drinking then and then the work. Began. Yeah, I just celebrated my 18th month, so a year Ooh, and a half. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, that's no small feat. Yeah. So uh, I find it interesting that you thought you were going to heal yourself and do the work and then the drinking yeah. would stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's that far-fetched, you know? Yeah. Like, it does seem like it should work that way. Right, right. Yeah, it's like not wanting to give up your your coping mechanism. Right. You mm-hmm. know, it's like... It's like, um, 
yeah, it was something that I had to be willing to like let go of because then you're just abandoned to yourself. Yeah. I've, I've been going to some meetings and stuff. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that. I feel like there's some, <laughs> some rule that you're not. So I'll but let I you know. Anyway. I'll let you know. When, okay, yeah. good. Uh, and, um, I just, uh, I've been kind of investigating it in my own life because I've, I've been mostly sober now and, and yet I'll still have these like moments come up where I look forward to drinking or look forward to getting yeah. fucked up in some way. And so I'm like trying to pay close attention to that, like yeah. the why of that and the, you know, what am I hoping to achieve there? Like I just, just questioning it and becoming curious around it. Yeah. It's really about like changing. You want to change the way you feel in the moment. State change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do that with anything, you know, I've done it with dating apps. Like, you know, like that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing that I've, you know, really tried to like. I do it with food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, French bread and butter was my go-to when I got sober. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't care. No. I was like, I'm doing me right now. Like, I don't know, this is what gets me through the day. Good. Like, <laughs> well, so when you say you started really doing the work and doing that, did you do a lot of writing around it? Like what... Once you really tapped into the eye contact and what really happened, mm-hmm. like, how, uh, tell so me. It was a culmination of A, the 12 steps, and then also EMDR therapy. So, what happened in EMDR? So, that is a trip. So, um, I haven't done it and I really want to. Justin, my partner, did ART, which is another form of it. It's yeah. accelerated resolution therapy, oh. which is related. Okay. So, yeah. 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 So, EMDR, I actually did mine over the phone. Really? And, yeah. And we did it through tapping. So I didn't oh. do the eye rapid thing or anything like that. And um, cool. And honestly, like it, it's supposed to like reprocess your reprocesses your brain from trauma. Yeah, you know. And essentially, they say like when you've had trauma, you you don't have a trauma file in your brain, so you file that in other parts of your life. Yes. So you get triggered and you know yes. things like that. And so I just abandoned myself to it and tried it. And I had girlfriends that vouched for it, you know. So I was a believer going into it, and um. It was so great. I had moved into this place that was like just such a little oasis for me at that time. And, um, and you know, just had the support of my family and friends and all of that. And so like when I did the trauma therapy, you have to be really prepared because memories come up. And sure enough, um, all the rape memories came back. Wow. I was raped. I was like, and that's what I was bearing down. That's what I was drinking down. It was like, that was going to find its way out. I always say it, it will find its way out, you mm-hmm. know, and it did. And I cried and cried and cried. And I just like, for the first time, just felt for myself for the first time. Like I was sad for me, you know, and then I went back and had to do a lot of work around that little girl, yeah. you know, and like letting her go, yeah, you know, and it was intense, you know, and I remember um, being in the bathroom and just crying and just, I just heard, you know, God or whoever, like say something. It was just like, you're going to get through this and you're going to help a lot of women get through this. And then literally the, like two days later, I'm on the phone with this woman who works for Magdalene House, an organization here, a house for survivors that I work really closely with. And I become friends with the women there. Um, And she go, she was just talking to me about it. And she was like, yeah, some of these women, they get really triggered when they even have to take a shower because their pimp or their trafficker makes them shower after every rape. Wow. And so I just remember that memory of me crying in the shower and it just like came together, you know, and that was true. Like for me, it was like, I did get through it and I am helping other people now. And so 
you know, it was a lot of shame, you know, like I still have to catch myself when I start to be like thinking that it was my fault or that I'm less than because of it, you know, and I have to be very, that's no one else's job, but my own to catch that and fix that and course correct those thoughts that I get, you know? Yeah. I do know. It's mm-hmm. kind of a bummer because yeah. it would be nice if someone else could do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on the flip side of that, it's not a bummer because we do have the power. Yeah. So, yeah. which is really empowering yeah. and a wonderful thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a flip. I wish someone could do it for me, but they cannot. And yeah. I also am thrilled that I can do it for myself. Yeah. And anyone can. Yeah. Um, but it just takes really sitting with it and letting yourself get to that place. Yeah. Uh, how how do you see healing evolve for these women that you work with? You know, the reason like the it's always work, you know, yeah. and I think that I have a good analogy for that. And for me, it's like, you know, we're all in this school of life, right? We're in mm-hmm. we're in class and the teacher gives us all a test and we take the test and then you're like, all right, I'm done with the test. I'm walking out the door. And the teacher's like, no, 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 Shandy, you have extra credit work you got to do to get on the basic baseline level. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't do it, I'm behind, I'm behind, but I got to do the, I got to do the extra work, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't ever want to sugarcoat it and just be like, oh, it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows. No, you got to get down and you got to get dirty. You got to get vulnerable. and for me, it's also, I got to have a higher power, you know? And it's like, that for me is like, you know, my spiritual life for me has been like huge for me. And the Mm -hmm. program was really like my kind of jam for that. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. I'm enjoying that aspect of it just as someone going to meetings and I'm tagging along to AA and I don't know, I'm still like in this (laughs) phase of like, I don't know what I am, you know, am I an alcohol guy? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think it can look different for other people, different for different people, like you said. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Yeah. I think it's been kind of cool, too, because like all my friends are like, what's that four step again? Like, can you go over that with me? And like, I'm like, I wish that that was just like, I wish it didn't have such an expensive membership, you know? Yeah. I wish you didn't have to hit rock bottom to join that club, but you do. And, you know, because the the work in that program, I think, I think Russell Brands even tried to make it more secular too, where he's tried to, you know, encourage other people to just like do the, go through these reflections. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like we all have resentment, you know? And that guy's on death row, huh? Yeah. Do you know anything about his story? Um, well, it's interesting, right? So like that, the same grandmother that told me about that, she's passing away. And I'm going for a walk with my aunt, who is her daughter. And I tell her about what happened. And she goes, he didn't rape anybody. She goes, uh, he was high on meth and killed his girlfriend. So like you had this story your whole life, right? Because I was like, I wanted to call the family of this girl my whole life. Like right. I want And also, I didn't mention this part of the story. He killed her, I think, a few years after I told my parents. So I was carrying around this extra guilt, yeah, you know, of like feeling like I could have done something, you know, but you know, um, you know, but like, so his, what's so fascinating to me is I always want to call it like this tale of two brothers. So he has a brother that still comes around our family gatherings and he's the complete opposite. He's kind and an amazing father. And, you know, it just, it just blows my mind, Mm -hmm. right. To see two completely different people. 
I've tried to look him up, you know, I've tried to find him. I haven't, I don't know if that's a sign for me, you know, like, um, I mean, I, I want to forgive him, you know, like, I mean, for actually for the most of the time, my anger was never towards him. It was always towards my parents. Like it was totally like wrongly directed. Wow. Because I don't know if you know this, but in our life, we, I held my parents to like this perfect standard and my parents are amazing. And I punished them for the one thing that they didn't handle the way I thought they should have handled it. Mm -hmm. And I had to face that and I had to make my amends to my parents and like, and also in EMDR, I had a moment where I had every memory of my mom and all the amazing things she ever did for me. I, my mom's amazing. Like, you know, but it's so crazy how in our brain, you know, and as I'm doing my amends with my mom, you know, cause like, I was like, you should have did this. You should have did that. Like, you know, and I just didn't feel heard, you know? And, um, but when I did my amends with her, I realized like, oh, Shandy, like I was like, this is a hole that will never be filled mm-hmm. and you got to fill that yourself. And it was like, you know, when you go in and do an amends, you clean up your side of the street, you know, and it's just such a beautiful opening in relationships and stuff. But in all honesty, like I had to let that go, you know, I had to let that go and they did the best that they could. And they thought it was an attempt, you know, and it's cause I couldn't verbalize. And like, I remember like, when the last few nights I was drinking, I was like on the phone with my parents and they're like, you know, you said it was just an attempt. And I go, I was fucking 11 years old. You know, that's how angry I was, Yeah, you know? And like, you know, um, and God, I'm so glad I'm past that. Cause they don't deserve that from me, you know, like, mm-hmm. and there's so much love and compassion from my family and like, they're awesome, but that's where that can take you. And then alcohol only can fuel that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just the blame and oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But with him, with the guy, you know, like I don't know, I don't know where that story is going to go. No, and you don't have to. Yeah, I was just curious because you had mentioned step four, and you know, and I was oh, thinking yeah. about the steps and and what little I know about them now, you know. But mm-hmm. I am seeing someone doing that, and uh, so you know, I've been giving it a lot of thought, and um, you know, I guess just like thinking about. Not blaming yourself, but also like finding ways to let go of resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting now because before I couldn't watch anything to do with like trafficking. I would just get so triggered or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then like a few like a few months ago when I'd done all the work and I'm in a really great place. And um, oh, this is actually crazy. At Christmas time, um, we are all watching a bunch of home videos and the guy who raped me shows up on the video at a family function. Wow. Yeah. And my mom goes, are you okay? I go, I'm fine. And I was literally, I was like, nope, he doesn't get that from me anymore. And it was such a good moment for me. Yeah. You know, to just be like, nope. You know, like I get to choose this for me now. Mm -hmm. He chose that one day, but I choose the rest, you know? Oh, that's good. Yeah. And taking your power back, you know, taking it back for yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 How did this, I mean, I guess the trafficking aspect of it is you wanting to save other people, you know, which can be a really positive way of coping. Yeah. Well, you know? this, the weird thing about that is they saved me <laughs> because 
when I started researching human trafficking was when I saw the that a lot of these people struggled with addiction. Mm-hmm. And then I started putting two and two together in my life. And I was like, huh, okay, maybe this is like why I am the way I am. Because I just in my head thought that I'm messed up, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like there's something wrong with me. Um, and then I realized maybe this goes deeper. And then I found out, and I, I, I really love Dak Shepard. You know, I love how open he is about his sobriety. And I also really love that he's one of the few men that is open about being sexually assaulted when he was younger. And he's the one that opened my, he's the one that's given me a lot of courage, to be honest. Cool. Like from just that, you know, and as a guy, it's probably much harder. Oh, you know, for sure. To share There's that. so much more stigma yeah. attached. Yeah. And so, um, but there's a statistic that says 80% of people who struggle with addiction were sexually assaulted as kids or molested or abused. And so like, you know, I think that's a whole other level of thinking that we can kind of look at that. But, um, but yeah, so with the human trafficking, it was like, I went over to Magdalene house and I meet these women for the first time and I'm going to do their hair. So first I introduce myself to them just because like it's hair is a very intimate thing. And so mm-hmm. if I'm touching them or anything like that, I just wanted to like, just get to know them first and mm-hmm. talk to them about what do they want to do with their hair, you know? And, um, they're sharing their stories with me and then I share mine cause I hopefully want to help them feel like, Hey, I see you. And, you know, and the love that they showed me, they had been through horrific things and the love they're like, Oh my gosh. Like, and they just loved me. Yeah. And I was just like that compassion, like, like it's almost like we're like soul sisters kind of in a way. And there's a level of communication that sexual assault survivors and the, and the women that I've met that have been human trafficking survivors, like the way that we can communicate with each other is just like, you know, um, it's really special, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, um, you know, it was, I always thought that I wanted to go rescue women and I had no idea that the other side was actually going to be helping them the thriving side of it you know, mm-hmm. but I'm going to follow this path wherever it goes. You know, I got lots of big plans in this area. So it's really like, but I have to also be like diligent about, um, low and slow and thoughtful and mm-hmm. learn. And you have lots of time. Yeah. You do. But I know <laughs> a percentage of all your sales, you mentioned your startup. Mm-hmm. And so you did that amidst all of this. Well, it, that's really interesting. So I started, uh, it was called boss gloss at the time. I didn't even have any intentions for it. I just kind of put it out there to this other, I had a beauty uh, deal site that I had. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just made this product in my kitchen and I was like, I need to get a deal out and called it Boss Gloss and put it out there on the website. And, you know, I was miserable with that company because it was all about, um, you know, it, it was a beauty deal site essentially about like, I wanted to help women find the best providers in Austin. And I was looking for an out from doing hair. I was like, my body can't take this anymore. Like, at one point, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 40 or 50 years old. And so I was looking, you know, for all the reasons that would serve me mm-hmm. in a career, right? Not That's okay. Me. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's a very different, it's a very different perspective when you build a business that you do out of service for others. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. And that was... But that, at the same time, you do have to, you you have sustainable right here. You have yeah. to do something that's sustainable for you as it well. It was, it was. So. And this is my dream company. It, like, it literally is like, it's like when you meet your dream person, you're like, oh my God, this is everything I wanted. Like, and it, it came, but I was really hesitant to this company because I knew I had already started another company that was like being married to like the perfect guy on paper, mm-hmm. but was not fulfilling me, you know? And I was like, I remember crying one night and I was like, 
I feel like I'm either going to like run a million dollar company or like join the Peace Corps. And I literally feel like I had to be these two separate people. And, you know, and then funny enough, I've had a plan where I was like, oh, no, girl, you're going to do both. That's right. You don't have to choose. You don't have to choose. And um, so I started this company and, um, you know, eventually decided to shut down the other one and see where this went. Fell in love with the fact that it doesn't change the way you look. It it just enhances what you already have. I fell in love with ingredients and farming and, you know, things from the ground. And how do you get it so like, how do you not alter that as much as possible? Mm -hmm. And also realizing like, we don't need a lot of fancy stuff in our products, you know? Um, And I also loved it because I would do it. I started getting into like sports, you know, like later on and I like do it when I was doing that. So it just fit everything. But then I was like, where does this desire to help human trafficking survivors fit? Mm -hmm. And then one day I heard, you're just going to hire survivors. And I was like, that was the missing piece for me. And then once that was decided, I was go. And then life was like, not quite yet. And I shut, I did not work on this the entire time I was going through my healing because I was like, I can't help anybody until I help myself first. I had to put the oxygen mask on. Yeah. And it was also the pandemic. So it kind yeah. of was a good time to yeah. do that. I mean, it was. you say? Oh yeah. Especially yeah. because I decided to do the whole no dating thing for the first year. Which, yeah. <laughs> which was great. You know, so well, you said you have an ex-fiance, so yeah. You know. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I was not dateable for many years. Yeah. I, yeah. I can understand. <laughs> My sponsor was like, <laughs> you were having eye contact issues. So I can right, imagine. Yeah. Right? yeah. So yeah. I know it's so easy to like point the finger. Right. But I think in sobriety, you realize like, yeah, yeah, that all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. Are you ready to take more action on your hormonal health? I hear you. Let's Get Checked is ready to help. So I'm partnering with Let's Get Checked to promote their PCOS test. PCOS is a hormone problem that interferes with women's reproductive systems. It's very common and very undiagnosed. That's right. It's estimated that up to 75% of women with PCOS remain undiagnosed when visiting with their doctor. So if you have any symptoms, listen to these, losing weight, dealing with acne, mood disorders, consider trying a PCOS test from Let's Get Checked. They are the leader in at-home testing, and it is super simple, affordable, and confidential. And yes, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You can improve your health in 2222, but you've got to measure your health. Don't let your hormones hold you back this year. Check your levels and get 30% off at TryLGC. That's Let's Get Checked. TryLGC.com slash Amy. Use code Amy30 for 30% off your entire order at TryLGC.com slash Amy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp is there to help. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And yes, have I done it? Yes, I have. It is incredible. It really pushed me to some things that I needed to see. Anyway, I, I, I totally believe in what BetterHelp has going on. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And it is, like I said, professional therapy done securely online with a broad range of expertise and available worldwide. You can log in anytime, send a message, and you can switch therapists anytime you need to because they are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change therapists 
anytime that you need to. It's also more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. How cool is that? They want you to start living a happier life today. So check out their testimonials on their review page and then simply go to betterhelp.com slash AES for Amy Edwards show and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash AES. So you only hire... Well, we were working towards that. Okay, so, like, towards so that was something that I did have some of the women from Magdalene House, like, mm-hmm. you know, they really, I mean, what I've learned is that, you know, for them to go and find work, it's hard. They're going through, like, they don't have vehicles. Um, um, half of them are working on just getting their GED. Mm-hmm. Um, they have felonies against yep. them. And some of them are for sex crimes that they were not even voluntarily doing. Really? Yeah. Drug crimes. You know, like it's like, it's interesting, you know, like when I was talking to one of the women, you know, she was sold on Craigslist 20 times a day. And I was like, I'd be a heroin addict too. (laughs) Like if that was happening. She was sold on Craigslist 20 times. I don't think I have a clear picture of human trafficking. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's interesting. So I've gotten to, I've had many women that I've talked to and we have an interview actually coming out um, next week with a woman named Allison Franklin, who um, is a survivor leader. Um, and she was trafficked by gangs for 10 years, um, in Houston, Texas. Um, and what does that mean exactly? So she was, so there's different forms, right? Like there's, um, with her, um, you know, someone comes in and sees you vulnerable and I'm going to take care of you. And then before you know it, they're like, I need you to go do this or I'm going to beat you. And that's going to sleep with a man. And before you know it, like, you know, she was in that situation and, her backstory, you know, is she was she was raped by her grandparents her whole childhood. Like, you know, so like and no one took care of her. No one was like really there for her, you know, and she was out in the streets when she was 11 years old, you know, and got picked up by a man in his 30s to start off around that same time. Um, you know, a lot of them do start off as um sexual assault survivors from kids. For sure. You know, but then there's also areas like you know, like a cause that I'm really deep down want to work in is, um, in Iraq, you know, whenever, when, when ISIS came into Iraq, there's a town called Cocho and they overtook it and they killed majority of the men and boys. And, um, the women that were of age 2,800 are still being held captive by ISIS in Iraq. Um, wow. And as sex slaves. Um, and there's a woman named Nadia Murad who I read her book and she's been a huge inspiration to me. She's the one, the few women that's escaped. And her and Amal Clooney are actually going against ISIS for sexual war crimes. Um, But reading her book, um, her dream was to be a hairstylist in the book. And I just felt this bond. I know. This bond with her. It kind of makes me cry. I know. I'm going to meet her one day. I am. Actually, I did. I reached out. She has an organization called Naughty's Initiative where they're Mm -hmm. trying to help these women um, who are now trying to rebuild their lives in Iraq. I mean, they've been supported by men their whole lives and now there's no men and they have to essentially fend for themselves. And so they're teaching them farming practices and things like that. So, Beautiful. you know, Beautiful. I got on LinkedIn and I found the woman who ran Nadia's initiative, that organization, and her and I have talked and good. And she's like, let's get out of here, girl. <laughs> like, let's do it, <laughs> you know? And so like, I'm sometimes I'm just like, let's not go through red tape. Let's just go. Let's mm-hmm. just go and see what we can do. So, um, Yeah. So with trafficking, I mean, like there's a really amazing documentary called Be the One um, that's all about Texas human trafficking. I mean, there was a house in the woodlands, a gated community 
where there was a guy who like on the cul-de-sac, him and all his family and his neighbors would sit outside and like all the kids would play. And he started noticing all these different cars coming through the neighborhood. So he put up a hunting cam and like saw all these cars. He ended up typing in that address online and saw an ad on Craigslist and it was a brothel and there ended up being women who were trafficked in there. Wow. In the middle of the woodlands, gated Mm -hmm. community. You know, it's just like, um, yeah, but with human trafficking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning so much, like, you know, um, slave labor, whole other area, you know, um, but it's something that like, you know, it's hard to look at Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, and there's not like a black and white trafficking. I think that's part of it too. It's like a little gray, a little messy, a little, you know, yeah. not like this is it and this isn't, you know, it's, it's, it is. I think that's partly why I've felt like not confident to even talk about it really, because I don't feel like I understand it yeah. as well as I should. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I'm still learning. I'm learning so much, you know, yeah. and, you know, so for, it's a broad term. It's I a suppose very, that's, that's it's a very broad term. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so but many, that kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah. You know, I, I think exploiting. it's, the main thing is really just like, I think there's so many layers to it, but it's like, where do we start, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and how do we eradicate this? And, you know, I think women empowerment's huge. I think that um, creating economic stability for women, especially in third world countries is definitely where my heart's being called to a lot. Yeah. Um, and there are things in the works that I'm kind of baby stepping into doing that. Um, specifically in Nepal is where I'm kind of being drawn to do some work and um, help these women possibly learn how to do hair and give them a means to um, take care of themselves with pride and dignity. And absolutely, you know, um, a lot of women are tricked into it. Um, like they are, um, there's like what they call it, like the Romeo pimp boyfriend. You know, um, that's one way. The other way, like you were saying, like they've never been taken care of properly. So somebody that comes in and says that, yeah, or you're just young and you took off because you were unhappy at home. And then now I'll take care of you. Well, I don't have any money. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other one is like, okay, well, your your family's poor. And like, say you're like in Mexico or you're a different country and um, we can have you go work here and you can make money and you can send it back to your family. And then before you know it, they put you in a brothel and like, you know, all these people go to brothels in like Thailand or whatever. And they think that all these girls want to be there, but they don't know that they're being beat to smile to be there. Wow. And like, right. You know, and like, I think as a culture, you know, like we have to just really realize like, you know, I, I don't know where I really stand on this, but talking to Allison, she goes like, um, prostitution's not empowering, Mm -mm. you know? And she's like, um, and majority of those women would probably rather not be doing that, you know? So it's just such a fine line, you know, like I know that there's, everybody has different theories and I'm just really digging into it, you know? Mm -hmm. And like I said, the best way for me to be of service is to learn and go and talk specifically to the people who are in it, you know? Absolutely. Like, well, that's the thing when you were saying, even where do I start or whatever, if someone's listening to this, you start with just telling stories and listening, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you start with telling your story and being really honest and serious about your own healing. Yeah. And you also start by listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, like the way it's really kind of fit into my business is like, you know, like the thriving aspect of it, girl, like now I'm like, I like that. I love mm-hmm. it. I, I seriously, like this week I have just been like, God, I'm so happy. 
Like just be like, <laughs> I'm so happy. Is this my business? Like mm-hmm. I'm pinching myself, you know? And like the way I approach relationships now in my life is completely different, you know? And like, yes, there was a lot of hard stuff, but now I'm like, I'm proud, you know? Oh, and I was saying like, um, a few like a few months ago when I'm in a, this much stronger place and I watched the R. Kelly documentary and the athlete a documentary like in the same week. And people are like, are you okay? Is that triggering? I go, do you know what happens when you do healing? You don't get triggered. You get pissed. And that's a good feeling because mm-hmm. being pissed means you want to make action happen. You know, we're talking about human trafficking and literally the biggest pop star in like the world at the yeah. time had women locked up in his house. Like, yeah, it's so it's so, you know, and then the Jeffrey Epstein stuff is coming out now. You know, I feel like there's a reckoning coming. I, mean, I hope there is. You it know? seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it. And the fact that we're all talking about it, you know, about the, the house in the woodlands, like <laughs> open your eyes to see if you see something. If you think something's going on. Yeah. Set up your hunting cam. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like figure it out. It's, yeah. It's seems like it's fairly easy to figure out. Yeah. Is it fairly easy to do something about? I don't know, because. You know, what happens to that guy are people on the take on mm-hmm. the police side of things or, you know, yeah. do they know and just turn a blind eye or, you know, are they prosecuting the girls instead of rehabilitating them? It's deep. I know. It's a deep well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can get overwhelming, you know, like, where do I start? What do I do? You know, and like, I always just remember to start with one person, you know, to start just being there for one woman. It's like you today, setting your intention and just saying, yeah. you know what, if I can tell my story and it helps one person, that's what makes a difference. Yeah. Cause you know? I'm a big, I'm a go big or go home person. And I have mm-hmm. to, that's very like the addicty side of me, you know, like where I'm like, <laughs> is that oh, an addict thing? I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't know. My sponsor was always like, Shandy, cause I'm like black or white. Like, I didn't know how to be in the middle, you know? And she's like, I think you need to like gray. And I was like, like gray, like, what is that? You know? <laughs> Um, but there's something that I got from that, from one of my other friends in the program. And she said, I, I, I ask for neutrality and that has been the key for me. What does that mean to you? That means I'm not either one. I don't have to be like, yes or no, black or white. Like, am I doing this or doing that? I've learned to just be in a place of neutrality of like, which for me, like awareness, like observation, at least that's what it kind of means to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but I I also think it's like the entrepreneurial side of me too. It's one of the best things about me in business, you know, is like, I think really big and I, I go in and I get it done, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I like, I'm like, let's, let's go for it and clean it up on the way out, you know? Like now I have business partners that they're really good at helping me like dot my I's and cross my T's and, you know, do all that part of it. And Mm -hmm. like, first of all, having them come in my life has also been the best thing. Well, so you put the business on hold while you did your heal- healing. Yep. We kind of like yeah. stopped that story. And then what? And then I was ready and I just started going for it. And, um, you know, I, uh, everything kind of started like lining up, you know, I, t- I swear, like when you follow your path, it lights up in front of you. You just gotta like, I call it lily pads. Like it's like you're on this dark river and then you're walking across and you're about to take the next step, but there's nothing there to catch you. But just because you took the step, all of a sudden that lily pad lights up. And that's exactly what happens in my life now. Like when I'm on that path, well, I don't feel good when I'm not connected to my path. You know, like working with these women and going and doing this fills me so much, you know, and it's when I get distracted with other things that are menial or not aligned with 
me and what I really want to do is when I get sad or depressed mm-hmm. or in a state of um, rumination, you know, so it's always I do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. My sponsor was like, you know, you sure do have a lot of books on self-help, but do you have any books on helping other people? And I was like, damn. Ooh. No. And I started Googling it. Are there any books about helping other people? There's like not really any out there, mm-hmm. by the way. But it changes your whole perspective. You know, it's like you're when you're only thinking about yourself, like that's not fun. No, it's not. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I've had to learn that. And it's hard because when you're in that place of only thinking about yourself, it's even harder to crawl out the longer you're in there. You know, I'm an introvert, you know, for the most part, I need to recharge you know, but even that's changing. I've been, I've become way more social sober than I ever was when I was I think drinking. I'm right in the middle. Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm not either one. Like I love being with people and I love the energy of that. And mm-hmm. I, I thrive in that environment, but then I also just need time yeah. by myself to sit within. And so I just, I don't know, I feel pretty balanced in that regard. And I think that maybe that's the, that's a good place to get to. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with being one or the other, but yeah. whatever. But, um, I enjoy just that space of like honoring, okay, right now, you know what? I need to be quiet. I need to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's about reconnecting to that purpose. And, you know, if you do get sad or depressed, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Giving yourself that space, you know, yeah. um, and, 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 and then, reconnecting to my purpose. Cause, cause I forget, I'm just forgetful. If yeah. I could be less forgetful. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just forgetful. I am just yeah. forgetful and I have to just keep reminding so myself true. and keep checking back in. Mm-hmm. And that's why you continue to go to meetings and all the other stuff too, right? It's like oh, yeah. constant reminders. Yeah. Just keep reminding yourself because I'm sure a lot of people listen to this and go, well, shit, I don't know what my purpose is. Like, you know, like, I, I, how do I get there? I used to say, I want to write a book called fuck your purpose. Like where it was literally about like, there's so much <laughs> pressure about finding your purpose. You know, there really is. And there I'm really just, is. And, and I like, didn't have one till, I don't know, maybe last year. Well, I also just like, what if we're just purposeful people? Like, what if we're just, just live purposefully? Yeah. Like, why do you have to have like this big, epic purpose? You know, like, you don't know how that's going to shift over time. You sure don't. No. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, my purpose could be like taking care of like elderly people at one point. I don't know. Like, you know, right. like it really does change. But I try to be a, a purposeful daughter, a purposeful friend, a pur- you know, like doing things on purpose. Yeah. Right. Like with intention, you know, and I love what you said about just being aware of your balance of like, you know what? Like, And I've, I've had to tell my girlfriends, you know what? I need to take some me time tonight and I can't come to dinner you know, um, mm-hmm. and then I've had the times where I'm like, my friend's like, you're stuck in your hole. You need to get the fuck out. And I'm like, you're right. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, And it takes someone forcing you sometimes. I yeah. know. I, I know I did that. I've, I had a hole not too long ago, but mm-hmm. which I honored and I needed, but then there was a certain point where I was like, I'm going to have to get out, you know, <laughs> luckily I have kids. And so they force me out of it right? quite often. <laughs> Is that what they're there for? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Oh, damn. I hadn't, I had one more thought about purpose though, but I, I, I like that, you know, I drew mm-hmm. an intention card today and I do try to connect with a with an easier purpose, like yeah. like yours is using your story and helping people. Like I mean, if you boil it down, it can be fairly simple, right? What calls to your heart, and then you just follow your lily pads, right? Yeah, and like 
for me, I reconnect with it every time I come here or do anything really. And I'm like, I'm lifting your voice to help those other voices that you're lifting, you know, like Mm -hmm. how many voices are we lifting? And so that's mine. Using my voice to just magnify others. And so that's been a really interesting thing to finally step back and understand and see all, I always say all the puzzle pieces of my life, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and for yours, it's like, you look at these pieces of your story and you're like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. Even my sobriety piece. Yeah. Your sobriety piece makes sense. Yeah. You know, with all these, you know, women that are going through it. Yeah. You know, if those women in Iraq had access to heroin or whatever, you know, I mean, what would they do, you know, they would probably numb. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just because of what they're going through. And so I don't know, I'm off on a tangent probably there, (laughs) but the point is that those go together and it finally made sense in your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the coolest thing I've realized too, is like, I think sometimes we numb because we're so afraid to feel whatever we're going to feel. Yeah. You know, like okay, you were talking about, we want to change the state that we're in. I think Tony Robbins says that. Does state he? State change. State said, change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, you know, I have to be conscious, you know, um, like, you know, like more recently I've had to be really conscious about like, cause I took a whole year off from dating. Right. So I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like I've done the work, you know? And then it was just like, and then I was like, I don't think it's time yet. You yeah. know, I think there's still some things I need to work on and, you know, and there was nights where I was like, well, I'm bored. I'm going to get on a dating app or mm-hmm. I'm going to like, you know, I, maybe I need some validation right now or whatever, you know? And then I had to be like, no, not tonight. And I got through it, you know, and magical things are happening on that front too, you know? Good. So, but it's, I had to do what felt uncomfortable. You have to not be afraid to be a little uncomfortable. For and just sometimes a little bit. the discomfort is not getting on the dating app because you're getting on for the reasons. Mm-hmm. Like validation. Yeah. Which I have needed through dating apps before. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I was feeling like bad once. And then I was like, maybe I should make a Tinder profile. <laughs> well, that'll boost your validation. <laughs> that'll give you what you need in the moment. You yeah. Know? And then I was like, I think I need to shut this down. And then you so. have like five dates planned and you're just like, oh, damn, I actually have to go on these now. Like, what am I going to do? Well, I had to change my whole perspective. <laughs> I had to change my whole perspective in dating. I had to be like, no, you view it as fun. Love the date. Yeah. Don't be looking for anything else. Just love the date. Yeah. Or you're not going to want to do this. So many people bitch about dating. Yeah. 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 Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, yeah, with that attitude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I talk to women all day at my job, you know, mm-hmm. first of all, they show me, I'm like, well, show me your profile. And I'm like, girl, you don't look like that. We need to fix that. Like, that is not what you look like in real life. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, there's you a, know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole other conversation. Yes, yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that it could be, it could really be anything, you know, like, um, and, um, you know, I've had to learn how to be very vulnerable. Like I love this phrase of like trying to be like comfortably vulnerable, you know, and I like co- that confidently vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, you know, like I'm just started dating somebody and I was like, you know, he kind of knew my whole story and like everything, but he was like the nice guy. And I was like, I don't want to. Nope. Mm-mm. And then I had to, like, I need more time. And anyways, and then I had to swallow my pride and I had to be like, I think I like you, you know, yeah. and I actually had to like, I don't know where that's going to go, but what I had to, I've never been in a place where I could be like vulnerable, you know, and actually say how I really feel in the moment. I was always trying to be whatever I thought was going to get me to the next phase, mm-hmm. like a video game. You know, like, and then you try to kill the dragon at the end. It never dies. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, and I'm so happy 
that I'm actually, that's the place I'm in right now where I am a hundred percent okay using my voice with exactly how I feel and being okay with that, whatever the outcome. Yeah. Because you're also leaning into that Mm -hmm. higher power Mm -hmm. and just more of that trust that everything's going to fall. The next lily pad is lighting up where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And if it's not in the direct, it's not with (laughs) you, you know, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Cause it's still going to be there and you're going to have sure footing. So you don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. It It all, it all goes together. At least I've been finding, you know, and like when, uh, Justin and I almost broke up, you know, as he was using again, relapsed and then moving into, um, treatment, you know, I just had to sit with that and go like, okay, can I just be okay with that? Cause I had moments where I was like, fuck what now I have to date again. I'm almost 50. I was like, fuck, you know, like there, there was some of that. And, you know, I had to just like talk myself off the ledge a little bit and say, no, I just trust, you know, everything's yeah. happening the way it's supposed to happen. Yep. So exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's a whole other level of confidence, you know, like, you know, I think, um, my ego was running the show for a very long time. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean that, yeah, I think every person <laughs> on earth can probably relate to that in some way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. My ego was like, did you meet me last year? Okay. That was my ego. That wasn't me. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and I think that that is like other thing too, is like, I'm like, I always like, you know, in the, with actors are like, what's your motivation? Like, that's kind of what I say to myself all the time. Like, like, what's my motivation behind this? Like, why, why am I actually doing this? You know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like with the purpose thing too, like, you know, am I doing this because I want validation? You know, am I doing this because, um, or am I doing this because this is generally what I think I want to do and help people, Yeah, you know, and, and you have to really get clear on that. And I mean, that's something that is a very, very constant practice is checking your ego all the time, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. And sometimes you can do it after the fact. I know that I have before. I've been yeah. like, oh, I understand that I was seeking validation in that moment. Yeah. I understand what I was doing in that mm-hmm. moment. That's okay. You know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Just as long as you're able to, and then you strengthen that muscle, just like the vulnerability and talking your story, yeah. you know, you're able to say, okay, now I can do it more in real time Yeah, and check in. Okay. Why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Why am I reaching for this drink? Why am I doing whatever it is? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And this is really cool to see over time, you know, like the mm-hmm. growth, you know, of it. You know? I agree. And like just to like constantly get more and more aware, you know, and then there's like times when you're like, I am not aware right now. And then you like you said, and like you kind of like, OK, all right. Well, but you have to have those times of not awareness to appreciate the times of awareness. True. <laughs> I mean, it's just like anything else. We have to have the dark to appreciate the light. If it's yes. all light, you don't even understand what light is. A hundred percent. So we have to love those moments, love those moments. So anyway, I'm off on my soapbox about that. But yeah, <laughs> I believe in loving all of it because it's so important to show us everything. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. And that's actually really funny because I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you, you know? And I'm like, I'm not anymore. Like, I'm not. Like, that's healing. Yeah. You can get to like, no, I appreciate that. It's helped me develop. It's helped. It's pushed me into this greater Mm -hmm. understanding of myself. Yeah. And life. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships, the whole. Yeah. It's, it's been like, you know, it's almost like, it's a, it's like a, you will, you want to battle, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's a, good, yeah, <laughs> I like that. it's a yeah. good feeling, you know, it's like, uh-huh. um, 
you know, like some people are like back in high school, I got state championship in baseball and I'm like, I got raped one time and I overcame it. So <laughs> that's going on my fridge. That's like, right. Where's the trophy? <laughs> on my fridge. That's right. <laughs> um, it is. And I think that that's really beautiful. Yeah. I'm wondering about that love. I love you tattoo that we mentioned yeah. that was your grandmother wrote that. Yeah. Do you think of it for yourself? Yeah. So it was like, um, so, uh, Yes, this is, um, it's my, all my tattoos are chapter reminders in my life. Yeah. So they all are, you know, very. Same just, here. That's yeah. why I look like I have stickers all over me, but <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> They're a reflection of where I've been and kind of what the next phase is. I haven't gotten one. I'm like all. Memento. I say the same thing. Is that, like, you know, yeah, I've never seen that. I do the same. Oh, yeah. Well, he tattoos himself to remember things, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's what, but I love that about them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So this one was, um always to like, you know, extend a hand. Oh, I like that. You know, and mm -hmm. to always like, it doesn't face me. I thought mm -hmm. about getting one here that does face me. <gasps> I like that. You know, and kind of having... Maybe in your own handwriting. Oh my God, yeah. Let's mm -hmm. go do it right now. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, honestly, you can talk me into just having a and doing I'm it. Down. <laughs> Great, let's go. How'd your podcast go? <laughs> oh, we got tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> We're best friends. So I'd say it went well. <laughs> That's really cool, though, because you can't give it away, but you can't forget to put your oxygen mask on first, which is yeah. the classic. Take care of yourself. Love yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there. That one was. Um, yeah, this is this is a really special one. Um, you know, I had to clean up her handwriting a little bit, but, you know, for it's the most beautiful. Part, yeah, I miss her. She was she was amazing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like I, I come from a, a lineage of some badass women. Sounds so. like. And the fact that they were open about it from generations back, because it just makes me think about. All the generations back mm -hmm. in through time and yeah. what women have been dealing with. Yeah. This is. I mean, I just read in a book. This that is nothing new. Women just were, weren't even able to get bank accounts 50 years ago. You yeah. Know? Like, right. Right. It blows my mind. I, I, I honestly, like in my gratitude every day, like it's like, I'm just grateful for a bed and like, you know, cause I, I do a lot of research on these women in other countries and I'm just like, God, we have a bed here. Oh, we have it so good. Like, I'm sitting like, here bitching about our boil water notice or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah. we have it so good. We really do. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't that long ago. So yeah. for uh, for times past, yeah. for sure. But um, but in the world, it's still going on. So you know? yeah. yeah. I wish there was more awareness around that too, you know, and hopefully like over time that will be seen. And You kind of read my know? mind because I feel like we get wrapped up in our own lives, in mm -hmm. our own self-help, in our own whatever, mm -hmm. and don't look at those things. And I, I'm speaking about myself too. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guilty of that. You yeah. Know? So uh, I appreciate hearing that story and mm -hmm. I want more awareness of that. But when you, I think just having the desire to have more awareness about the plight or whatever's going on in the world that women are facing or anyone is facing, I think just having the desire, it'll be put in your path. I think things will mm -hmm. show up because I know that I have a desire to help women, underserved women and, and women, you know, without even clean water and things like that. And, you know, something just came my way that is organically naturally flowing. I love that. So, yeah. And so uh, I'm excited to see where that goes, but I'm not forcing it. I'm just going to allow and know that mm -hmm. like that was already something that was on my, uh, I don't really have a vision board, but 
you know, yeah. my pretend vision board, my yeah. audio. I, it's, I have an audio vision board. Ooh. I know. So, <laughs> which talk about that is later. suitable for me, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I just record it and then listen back to it. And so anyway, but I was like, oh, I have a nonprofit that helps women. And mm-hmm. now I'm, you know, moving that direction. And that's really, that really feels surprising actually most of all, but it shouldn't because there it was. And when you have the desire, if someone's listening to this and has the desire, just stay in that desire. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. would, at least I would say, would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I also think like, you know, don't be afraid, you know, because like, I think it's also like, it can be overwhelming and scary. It's also like, you know, they say like, you know, God uh, doesn't, call the qualified he qualifies the called oh i've never heard that yeah and oh. um and that was for me like when i get in moments of fear you know of like going after those big things you know i just have to remember like my, that again ego that's ego again it is you know mm-hmm. don't let your ego get in the way of your purpose and what you can do and be of service you know it's like you don't have to be of service perfectly you know, like it's just one foot in front of the other. And that's a lesson that I've had to learn. Cause I thought like when I first, um, when we had the very first woman come and work at Freewell, I thought that like, I had to have like this, like hospital grade facility and like a therapist on every corner, you know? And then like, I honestly, I met this woman and she couldn't get a job. I was like, do you want to come help me make power glass at my house and I'll pay you? And she was like, yeah. And we would just hang out at my house and <laughs> You know, like, simple as that. yeah, like in my kitchen and just making the product together, mm-hmm. you know, and became friends and, you know, and, uh, it was, she was, you know, in the program and, you know, oh, cool. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, qualified the called. I, I, that phrase brought tears to my eyes. Like that's really, yeah. <laughs> it's really beautiful because yeah. If I, I I think, you know, I've, I've just been watching a few Ted talks and stuff like that about imposter syndrome and just, I don't know, just kind of thinking about those things lately. And so yeah. that's a powerful um, phrase. Oh yeah. I imposter guess. syndrome has totally been that I, I'm now sponsoring women and, you know, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I literally would like call my sponsor. I'm like, I don't know what to say to this girl. <laughs> like I really yeah. don't. And then I finally did a four step with her and I was like, I just felt like I knew what I was doing in that moment. And it was just like, I had to let go of like, what am I doing? Am I doing a good enough job? And just listen and be of service and stop thinking about myself. Yeah. Like that's the problem is like, I'm thinking about me and how I look versus am I being a highest quality service to this person in this moment, you know? And then all that goes away, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. It does. It goes away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I try to tune into that on the show. Like, oh, God, I, do I look OK? You know, like whatever. <laughs> I just let all that go because yeah. uh, am I in service to you? Yeah. And your message. Like, yeah. Just lifting your message. That's Aww. what I'm about. That's what it's about. Yeah. So just letting all that other shit go. Yeah. And I've had to have a lot of that grace with myself, with the company, you know, because like we're not at a place to hire anybody right now. You know, we want to we want to sustainably so, hire people, yeah. you know, and so like. I had that dream and I'd be like, you know what? Right now we're giving profits because that's what we can do, you know? And, um, and also just like, I mean, this has been a huge like ego check for me, you know, like when I business partners come on and I'm like, this is my baby. And like, I'm trying to, you know, and then I'm like, wait a minute, we all have the same goal. (laughs) Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just relaxed and trusted and, you know, and I was like, listen, I actually don't know how to make a spreadsheet about financials. Like, 
Um, can you help me with that? Why should you know <laughs> yeah. how? I was, like, I, I was like, I've been a hairstylist for a long right. time. But then I learn. Or mm-hmm. they do it better than me, you know? Right. Um, but they also w- would never do a podcast. So they're like, you get out there, you go. And exactly. I'm like, I got that part, guys. I'll take care of that part. But That's right. it's like, you know, I've had a lot of humbling experiences with 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 this and having business partners now and really um, growing with this and the mission. And like the whole thing is like, we're on this self-care culture. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like our company is like putting the vegetables in the lasagna because I'm like, Self-care is actually serving others sometimes, you know, it's like the best way to take care of yourself is to think about somebody else. And, um, you know, it's like, and you forget about all your problems, you know, you you absolutely do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been like, you know, so with free well, I want to encourage people that self-care can look different. You know, it could be, you know, like, Sometimes I want to do a tissue mask and then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I want to go take cookies to homeless people today. Like, or, you know, um, I, I, I think that like opening up what that could look like, you know? Um, and we're in a, I, I also feel like we're in a very me, me, me culture now, like with the selfie and like all of that, you know, mm-hmm. and I have to be very conscious of that for myself too. And I actually don't really have personal social media anymore because I've, I noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was another thing. You know, I was like, I don't really, I, I'm a pretty private person, you know, well, except for when I'm here, I'm like, like, let me tell you about my sexual assault. Yeah. 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 Let's go there. Um, no, but I feel like for me, it's like, it keeps me in line with doing things for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that like, you know, I just had to realize that like the, the culture for me, it's like, it's like someone who's an alcoholic or not, you know? Like I made a decision for myself that, you know what, this doesn't, sir, this doesn't, I, I'm not equipped for this, you know, and I had to make that choice, you know, for myself. And I do have like a little personal account now, but I follow like eight people and, you know, sure, it's just like for friends. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like my mom can, you know, like, <laughs> um, but for the most part, you know, um, I, I, I got caught up in that in the beauty industry, you know, like where I was like, you know, I post a selfie and it'd get like all these likes of my hair, but then I'd post a picture with no makeup on and I'm with orphans in Haiti and it wouldn't, and it pissed me off, you know? And I just was like, I just, I need priorities are fucked up yeah, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also you, yeah. So like, I don't know if that makes any sense or anything, but I feel like that can be a dangerous slope for people. And I have women sitting in my chair eight hours a day. And I see it firsthand. I know I get a secret look into their, at the, at the time, I would see all their Facebook pages and Instagram pages. And then I'd have them in my chair and I would see a very, very different story. Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it was like, for me, when I realized like, I'm not even in the real world on there. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be in the real world, you know? And so like, I don't want to see and compare, you yeah. know, like I, I, I can compare. A lot. And so for me, I had to just be conscious about Mm -hmm. that. And that was a choice that I made. And again, like there's times where like, maybe I should, Yeah, you know, I had a young girl, she worked for me for a little bit and she's like, I told her I was on vacation. I sent her a picture. She's like, oh my gosh, you need an Instagram. You need to go post that so people can see what you're doing. I was like, do you know how long it took me to get off this roller coaster? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. (laughs) Like, you know? Yeah. Um, It can have such a getting off of that too, or actually no seeing what women are doing, seeing the real life versus that can have such a positive impact too on Mm -hmm. your, on your self love and self image, I think. And so 
that's good to recognize. And I hope more people can can continue to stay in that truthful story about it. I had a clothing store for five years before social media in the 2000s. And um, I just remember women trying on clothes and being so, so hard on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I would think they looked great. And I was like, you know what? I need to go easier on myself. And so it just has a, it can have a positive yeah. self-impact. Absolutely. You can just go easier on yourself. Absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, um, but I love the business one because it has purpose, you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's not about me, you know, uh-huh. and I love my business one because it's not about me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's why I enjoy it and sharing it and using that platform and connecting with people on that one. You know, I just had to find the right outlet for myself, you know, on that. I just, I guess the reason why I brought that up is because God, I talked to so many women and I just think it's an epidemic, you know, and like no one's really talking about, you know, that a whole lot where it's like, yeah, I do kind of struggle with that. And maybe like, and they're afraid to think that they can't get off of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I guess I just wanted to say like, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And I, I actually think there's really good things about TikTok and like it has moved into more of that mm-hmm. organic content, not so curated. You don't have to like <clears throat> look a certain, like it prioritizes yeah. anything that people are posting that's a lot more real. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I like that about it. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. like, it's more lighthearted, you know, and kind of fun and it's not, yeah. not a selfie with a like and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, an interesting part of that, but yeah. We got to aggress. This has flown by. <laughs> this has flown by. We're nearly at an hour and a half. And this is also um, the first time we're meeting, which is even cooler. I know. It's I very know. cool. Yeah. Um, you remind me a little bit of someone that I know that I love a lot. Aww. So that always helps too, yeah. you know? And you're yeah. like, I already feel like you know and love this person. Aww. So yes. Um, so I want to turn it over to you and just say, is there anything that you absolutely want to say before you leave today or anything that you want to reiterate or anything that calls to your heart that you want to share, you know, before, before we go. Yeah. Um, like I said before, if there's even just one woman out there that, you know, heard something a little bit of herself in this story and she doesn't know where to turn and doesn't really have anybody to talk to or think she doesn't like, um, you can literally like message my, our uh, free will Instagram. Um, I'm on there. Like you can reach out to me and I can help, um, in any way that I can, even if you just see someone to talk to. Um, I'm so kind. Yeah. I, I just feel like, and also too, like if you're struggling with drinking or, you know, anything else too, you Mm -hmm. know, like, like I said, like my pride was running the show and, you know, it's like, um, you know, I know what it was like to not feel like that was something that I could actually like say out loud. You know, again, so like, if anything, I would say that, but also to like with free will and power gloss, you know, like, I just hope that people give it a shot and try and know that it is going to do good for you and for others. And, um, honestly, Amy, I'm just so grateful to meet, to meet you and to like have this space and you've been so kind and just so thoughtful about, you know, all of this too. And I also just want to, you know, uh, like with your mom, you know, like I, I appreciate you sharing that and also like you know, have a little place in my heart for her, you know, that she never really had a place to go No, to talk mm-hmm. about that, you know, and hopefully we can change that. For I women. hope so mm-hmm. for all women. And I'm sure she would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. You know, but I think so. that's pretty much it. Thank you. I drew the receive card today in my Ooh. little deck that I like. And so I received that. Thank you. <laughs> Very kind. I, you know, really 
just appreciate when someone's recommended to like you were. And, you know, I like being open to stories and this just flew by and your story is really powerful and impactful and what you're doing in the world deserves to be lifted up. So I'm so happy I could be a part of that. Oh, so this, thank you for that. Thanks for the, being, my, being a lily pad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, I want to talk to you more later about your your little nonprofit that you're. Oh, I will about. definitely tell you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we're already talking about it, but it's, it's with fight for the forgotten with Justin's <gasps> fight for her. So oh, I looked that yeah. up the other day, actually, yeah. cause I was like, what's, I was, you know, researching you yeah. and everything more. And, uh, and I would love to know more about that. Yeah. It's just, it's totally taken me by surprise and mm-hmm. it just seems to be flowing. So we'll see as it develops. So yeah. it might be something you're interested in for sure. Lily so. pads. Lily pads. That's what I get a tattoo of. <gasps> you got to get a little <laughs> frog jumping around. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank and you. will you share how everyone can find you? And of course, we'll put it yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Our website is uh, livefreewell.com. Um, our Instagram is livefreewell.co. Okay. And I think that's it. And people can only buy the Power Gloss on your website or are there stores too? Yeah, we are in a few different locations in Austin right now. Um, we, okay. We're in Wild Heart Yoga. We are in Generator Athlete Lab. We're in YTX Yoga. We're in Swim Freak. So cool. Um, yeah, if you ventured any of those places. And um, also, like I said, if you just get it online. So. Oh, good. I'm going to use it tonight. Yeah. I have not. I was like, should I just lie and say that I've used it yet? <laughs> and it's sitting in my bathroom and I was like, I haven't had a good time and I haven't done it. So I'm use, I'm going to use it like tonight. Give me a call. I'll talk you through it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will. I will. And I just want to say a huge, huge thank you for your openness. Mm-hmm. And that is just in itself so inspiring. Not just that you started a grassroots business that really stands on such cool footing of employing people that are survivors, people that you want to give a chance, people that you want to mm-hmm. help. I mean, that that in itself is so cool. And But just sharing your story. So wow. really Thank super you. powerful, super inspiring. Thank you for this yeah. space. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Love you so much. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> Huge thanks to our guest today. And remember, just go to the show notes to learn more. Also, sign up for my newsletter at amyedwards.com. It arrives twice a week. Motivation straight to your inbox. And don't forget, help the show grow. It's so easy. Simply hit five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this show. And share it with a friend if you feel called. Remember, you can also find me on Instagram at realamyedwards and on TikTok at TheMagicBabe. Reach out anytime too with questions and I'll be sure to get to them in the Monday episodes. That's amy at amyedwards.com. Hey, remember, we're all here to just keep making our lives rock like crazy. So keep going. Here's wishing you all the good stuff. Till next time.